by the powers of the spirits of the East, who bring light, humor, and clarity, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the South, who bring protection, passion, and courage, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the West, who bring harmony, strength, and healing, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the North, who bring abundance, growth, and peace, we call to the witches. Desert Jen and Obsidia Musette Sage, here to share our knowledge with you on all things witchcraft. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Crones of the Wild Wastelands. Welcome! Today we're going to talk a little about the history of witchcraft and how it changed in our years of practicing witches. We'll touch on some basic foundations of witchcraft and also recent events that have changed the public's views on paganism. This yep. may extend into the next one or two episodes, so hang on. Yep, so get your learning ears on and settle in for Crones of the Wild Wasteland. Uh, today, I pulled the tarot card of the episode from my Rider Waite deck, and I pulled the Six of Wands. Uh, the keywords I pulled out for that were um, success and progress. Our first episode was well-received by those that listened and gave feedback. This gives us cause to believe that this endeavor will be successful. Um, we're making progress with every episode. We're getting more comfortable and more um, familiar with everything, with editing and that kind of stuff. And uh, we want to keep you informed with all things witchcraft. So please, you know, leave us comments and help us succeed with this. Help us make this yours. So mode it be. So mode it be. So let's get in. We're going to start out with definitions. So that everybody, when we say neo-pagan or we say pagan or we say Wicca or, or, or garden witch, you might be a little more, might Familiar. understand better what our definitions of each is. Right. So neo-pagan versus pagan. Neo-pagan is new, meaning new witches, that practice the new version of witchcraft. Pagans are more of the old ancient ways that started way, way, way before the 20th century. The pagans came out of, they practiced ritual sacrifices. Animals, you know, that sort of thing. They Humans the, even, too. Yeah, to appease the gods. I, I can't think of a religion that, even Christianity, that did not be based on some sort of sacrifice. You know, and people going, well, Christianity? Well, I mean, didn't did. God sacrifice his only son? Right. And so, you know, to appease the gods, they had to do this sort of thing. There's plenty of ancient practices that they had that actually have carried through to today. And the word pagan actually means country dweller Yes. from back in the day. It, it was uh, the people that lived outside the walls. Right. And they weren't part of this, the towns. They weren't part of what was going on with the uh, lords and the kings and stuff like that. They became to reject the Crusades' Christianity because they weren't part of that. Right. So therefore, they began to be known as evil. Right. They weren't paying their taxes to the church. Right. And they, they didn't have, they still had the old belief systems and didn't buy into the Christianity. You know, I've been watching a show on FilmRise on YouTube mm -hmm. um, under their documentary settings, and it's about the Celts. Yeah. 
And it is so interesting. You know, we all think of Celts as British or, or European. They actually came from Eastern Europe and migrated all the way through. So when they're talking Celts, they're going into the Germans. They're going, you know, everywhere where those people emigrated from. Huh, I never knew that. Yeah, it's really an interesting series. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know, so the, the old pagans were considered evil, but now we've got neo-pagans. New pagans. Um, I, and one thing I want to add before I go into neo-pagans, it's important to note that everything is pagan unless you're part of the God of Abraham. Right. So, right. you know, that is such a wide-ranged I mean, you know, you're talking from all ends of the earth. If you're, if the religion was not based on, on the God of Abraham, then you're a pagan. Right. You know, right. so I, I, I want to make that pretty clear, that you, you don't have to be Celts, you don't have to be Egyptian, you don't have to be, you know, whatever. It, it's all religions that were not based on the God of Abraham. Correct, yeah. Neo-pagans, pretty much the 20th century revival of the worship of nature, fertility, the seasons, and vast majority, it's based on multiple deities. The new version in the theories of witchcraft that do not involve the old ways of sacrifice and practices that cannot be duplicated often use pagan. Um, right. Me personally, I dislike <coughs> the term neo-pagan because to me, it, it, the first thing that comes to my mind anytime that I hear neo it is a group of people I do not wish to be associated with. And a lot of those people that are in that movement, there are a few, more than a few pagans. So it's um, important to note that just because we're pagan does not mean that we are happy, um, fun-loving, and accepting of all classes. Right. There are sects out there that do discriminate against the different LGBT community. There are ones that discriminate against race. There are right. ones that, that are Gender, basically yeah. neo-Nazis. Right. So um, let, let's not put any... I, I see people online um, putting us ahead of, say, Christians. We are better than Christians. That's we what are, I was trying to say. Yeah. We're not. Like we're human beings. and all that stuff. And it's not all new agey stuff either. That's right. what I was trying to say is that, you know, we so there's a lot of us that practice the old ways. Mm -hmm. And when you say neo-pagans, you think of the new age pagans. Yeah. That practice the new stuff. And, and it's not necessarily true. Just because we picked up on it in the 20th century does not mean that right. we practice the new age stuff. No. And, yeah, that's very, very true. And we're not better than anyone else. I mean, yeah, there's a whole load of one certain religion that may be serial killers, but we've had a few of our own. Right. I right. mean, we're human. I mean, we hate, we love, we have misconceptions about life, you know, based on our own internal workings so let's not put our i get tired of listening to people say we're better than anyone else because right. we're not we're right. human right it, it doesn't you know like we've said before spirituality is for everybody yes and you know you can have your own god you can have your own goddesses it, it just it doesn't matter as long as you treat people right that's right so a lot of times um when you hear the word pagan 
Some people automatically associate it with Wicca, and it's not necessarily true. Wicca is a sect of pagan, and in Wicca there there are solitary Wiccans, and Wicca is, can have a deliberately loose structure. Yes, where you can, you can make it your own. Uh, you don't have to have anybody tell you the rules. You know, it's up to the individual. There's really no estimate of how many Wiccans and witches there are right now. I mean... You know, I tried to look that up one day on the computer. And the first place I go to look up anything that's social-related studies and stuff, I go to Pew Research. Mm-hmm. Because Pew Research just generally doesn't put a swing on things as far as I'm concerned. Right. They really don't have a count for us. They, they stick us under other when they're doing their studies. So what I was there's so many of us and there's so many different And sex. some people are so afraid to say, Well, I'm pagan or I'm a witch or I'm Wiccan they just say, Well, I'm other. Right. Or I'm spiritual. Right. And some of the other um pagan things or pagan individuals we have with there, there's the druids. Yes. They're not Wiccan. No. Well you can be druid and yes, Wiccan. You can be. Um, but they're I've not necessarily de- designated as right. Wiccan. Um, there's also the polytheistic uh, practitioners out there that aren't necessarily Wiccan. No. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of pagans out there. No, I mean, there's just as many pagans. <coughs> out, yeah, you're right. There, there, There is just so many different ways of practicing paganism. And it was, it was a big problem in Europe. It was a big problem in Britain. There was a time when you could not be a witch in Britain as early as up to the 50s. Yeah. In 1951 was the repeal of the last remaining anti-witch legislation in Britain. Can you imagine? Up until 51. Yeah. I mean, this is a time when you're here in America, you know, it's land of the free, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Which in Britain, is... Which was, you know, it wasn't written in law, but it was written in everybody's mind. Right. And in Britain, they still had laws against being a witch. You know, that that just blows my mind. Well, you know, you think about it. I mean, people are scared of anything that isn't their norm. I mean, you, you look at McCarthyism in the 50s here in America. I mean, they were busy blackballing people because they may have talked to a communist or attended a communist meeting. So many actors and actresses were blackballed. People were very possibly executed because they were misconstrued as communists. It's, I don't think we're above Britain. I mean, we're, I think we're a little more close-minded in some ways. Right. But, right, the, there were laws there that said, hey, you're a witch, you're going to burn. Right, You right. know, or spend time in jail. Well, after that happened, Gerald Gardner came along. Yeah. And he started Gardnerian Wicca, and he wrote the laws of the craft. So Gardnerian Wicca is uh, interesting all on its own. It's very strict. Very, very rigid, very rigid. It, it's a it's a difficult uh, thing to follow. Well, and some of the things that I've read about, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right. Gard, Gardnerian. Yes, I'll, I'll let you say it. <laughs> <laughs> My pronunciations aren't that great. Is that not only was he rigid, but he? I have a friend who tried to join one of their covens and was told no because he was transsexual. Right. And um, they eventually did let him in. Well, in the last episode, I, I gave the example of the, ri- the ritual I went to and everybody wanted to get sky clad at the end. That was a Gardnerian ritual, and I yeah. was very uncomfortable. Yeah, they've got, they've, they, you know, t- 
to each their own as long and as they're not. there's anything wrong no, with No, no, I know, but, you know, if you come across the people who follow Gardner, just be prepared for some very strict rules. Right, right. And they don't let you in unless you have to, it's kind of like pledging a fraternity. You you have to do the year and a day of study. Yeah. It's very rigid. And there's like classes and, and things that you have to meet in yes. order to get into their covens. And that's only if there's a spot in the coven. Well, it, it, but, you know, I know um, other people who have joined other covens mm-hmm. that that year in the day is, is required. Yeah, that's typical. That's typical that that is very covens. typical. I mean, I never could do a year in a day because, mm-hmm. you know, it's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> One of the good things that came out of the Gardenarian Wicca was uh, Doreen Valentine. Doreen Valiente, she wrote The Charge of the Goddess, which is a very, very common foundation for most witches. Mm -hmm. Um, The Charge of the Goddess basically says how to to be a witch. Uh Just treat people, you know, the the same way how you should interact with the goddess, um, that kind of stuff. And it it was a really good foundation for a lot of us. A lot of people don't follow it, but I I like it. I think it's, you know, to me it's a foundation. Yes, yes. I haven't read much about her. Um, I'm intrigued, and I'll do some research when I um, get home this week. Yeah, she also wrote 13 Rules for the Craft, Witchcraft for Tomorrow for Solitaries. She separated from Gardner to form her own coven because she didn't like a lot of what he practiced. So she was a little less rigid, and she wrote these these pieces to help uh, steer some witches in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was a good thing. I think she was a very good thing. And there, there's lots of websites on her and stuff like that. So, yeah, let's do some research. Maybe we could yeah. do an episode on her. Um, yeah, especially I, I'm curious about the 13 rules of the craft. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested. Mm-hmm. It might be something that I know and I just didn't know that she wrote it. Right. And, it, yeah, there's a lot of witches that know this stuff and they just don't know where it came where from. It came from. Yeah, and then we have Uncle Ray. Yep. Ray Raymond Buckland, who started the, how do you pronounce it? Seox. Seox Wicca, which is sac- of sex and heritage. There appears to be no strict rules on secrecy or immutability of rituals. People could self-initiate, like what I did. And that's important. I think so. Because when, when you're in a coven, you have to be initiated. Mm-hmm. But in order to self-dedicate, that became a very freeing and empowering Very thing. much so. If you haven't self-dedicated and you're a witch, I really recommend it. And in fact, every, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years, I rededicate just to get that rush and that charge back into my practice. Right. And to, yeah, to recharge. I think that's a really good idea, to recharge. Um, you know, in the seventies, American covens moved beyond the confines of British covens. Yes, they became more uh, independent and had a really become very popular, even though they weren't really talked about. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't. Well, yeah, but it started to become more mainstream. I can remember comedies back in the seventies where you know you would have your hippy dippy woman talking about she when she was talking about God. 
Right. And so it started to, to, it was starting to link into the, the formality of things in the United States. Although, you know, most witches back then were considered hippie dippies. I, I think that they were the, the hippies of the, of the late 60s and well into the 70s helped bring, you know, the spirituality forward for our generation. See, and that's something I don't know a lot about because I was a little before my time and I, I haven't learned much about that otherwise so i'm very interested to hear more about that yeah it would take, it was a curious time of course you know that was something that was totally forbidden you know for most people to look into very you couldn't go into your school library and pull something out on right, it. right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not in the rural schools i went to yeah you somebody know, saw you reading a book about witchcraft you get questioned. yeah yeah well more than just questioned probably get thrown out of school <laughs> so you know the, the Garninians, you know did their covens we had our hippies with their their what, what did they call those things that they lived on communes communes yeah and a lot of them were, were not christian they were they were goddess lovers Right. Somebody that isn't here on our list, which I should have remembered to put into it when I was going through this, is Z Budapest. Yes. Z Budapest, feminist. She. Dianic. She. I love the woman. You know, I disagree with her on a few things, but um, because, again, she too does not want a natural. Uh, all the women in her circle should be naturally born. Okay. Yeah, and I can't necessarily agree with that, but um, much of her, and I would so love when this pandemic is over and they're still having is it, uh, the Goddess Fest they have in Northern California. I would give anything to attend that just Ooh, yeah. once. Yeah, I we mean, should go to that. Yeah, I would, but I never have three hundred dollars to go do something like that. <laughs> right, right. You know, back this this was all new for. For a lot of people, in 1983, there was a, a suit that came up, and the U.S. District Court started out in the Michigan Department of Corrections. The U.S. District Court actually ruled that the prisoners could have freedom of religion, and that included Wicca. They were allowed to, uh, it was protected under their First Amendment rights, and they were given the right to have incense and a couple other um, things to help their their practice, of course, they weren't allowed to have athames and right. that kind of stuff. But yeah, they were allowed to practice their their spirituality, which I think is a very important step. Extremely important step. It was pretty much brushed under the carpet. It wasn't highly publicized until um, the um, until the VA and military, which we'll talk about next, started recognizing it. Right, right. And, and in 86, the Fourth Circuit Court ruled that Wicca was a religion. You know, it actually is a religion. Uh, just like Episcopalian, just like Catholicism, just like LDS, it is a religion. That brings us to what we were just mentioning, Fort Hood's Open Circle. This yes. happened at 99. I remember when that happened. I remember I remember reading, I, I don't know, I must have been bored at work or something, reading World News Daily. I, I, I feel it's important for us to see what other people are saying about us. Right. And World News Daily was just having a fit about this. Because, you know, how, how could they have a high priestess come in? How, you know, into prisons? That's when they started publicizing the fact that prisons had freedom of 
religion. I, I don't know why it wasn't a big thing before. Maybe there weren't enough practitioners to make a, a big deal about it. But in Alaska, they appointed a, a, a Wiccan to come in and do services and stuff for, for the, the pagan. Uh, one lady who ran for vice president, I'll keep unnamed, was part of this... Um, <laughs> This church that that was saying, that, you know, why are we promoting baby eaters? Why are we promoting? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. gosh! Yes, they went overboard up yeah, there about kinda, it. I yeah. mean, they were going to do spiritual war, war on all the witches in Alaska. I mean, it was insane. But let's get back to um, Fort Hood Open yeah, Circle. This was this was the first circle, first Wiccan circle approved by the U.S. Army. The U.S. Army, you know, that's pretty important. Yes, it is. At first, the, the army at one point withdrew support, and this was because there were 13 different Christian groups bo actively boycotting the circle, calling the open circle a satanic cult, yeah. which is pretty kind of funny because we don't believe in Satan as Satan. You know, right. Lucifer is a is a fallen angel. He, he's not... He's an angel. He, he's, he's not... Satan. Well, I like help. to get underneath people's skins when I say, well, you know, Christianity is also a poly... How do you pronounce it? Polytheistic. Yes, because you have God, you have Jesus, and they have given a God status all on their own to Satan. Right, and we don't even believe in a hell. So how right. can we believe in Satan? But then again, if you go under Satanist, um, if you start reading about actual Satanists, not not what the Christian version of Satanism is, right. but actual Satanists. Uh, I don't know. Their tenets are, you know, pretty logical. Yeah, but there were open threats yes. to Fort Hood. There were open threats, and there's this representative, Bob Barr Jr. He's a representative from Georgia. He petitioned to stop the quote unquote nonsense that was going on at Fort Hood. <laughs> you know, so he there there were actual you know. U.S. representatives getting involved. So the, the witches had to make some compromises. Yes. No skyclad. I mean, like, whose business is it? Right. Athamine's not used to cut anything. I, I, I don't understand. You don't cut anything with an athamine anyway. Right. Um, pentagrams are okay as long as unobtrusive. Um, I think that's pretty standard, I think, for most places in the United right. States. I mean, um, they try to enforce, you know, the Starbucks clerk from showing her pentagram, but, you know, they really can't. Right. Another, no candles. Yeah, and, and they wanted you to avoid tattoos as well, if you were in the Army. Yeah. They wanted right. you to avoid tattoos. And I, <laughs> I don't understand that one. Who cares if you have a tattoo on your back? Who, who I mean, you, 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 you go to Vietnam, you get all kinds of tattoos, and you come back with tattoos. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, it's... Right. Um, John Walton, Army Chaplain, eventually quit because of the open circles of witches. Come on, people, you know. Just get over it. Uh, freedom of, of religion is freedom of religion. Not just to make sure Christians have their rights, but it's to make sure that people like us have our rights also. Right, and all of this led to some other military open circles all around the country. Yes. And that was a great thing. It was a really great thing. Um, one of the some of the things they offered at Fort Hood was spiritual classes two times a week, uh -huh. which is you know really good because yes. they were open circles for not just the army, but for the public. Uh -huh. They would let other you know other seekers in as well. They had open rituals on the full moon and on the Sabbaths, which is again open to the public, which is really great. So yeah, Fort Hood was a very very big social and political achievement. 
Yes. For pagans. I think we should end there. What do you think? I, I think so too. I think next week we'll, we'll get into, we'll start with modern witches. Yep. And pretty much what's happened in the 90s on. That's when we just exploded. Which is pretty much when I came. Right, you know, and same. I started investigating. I mean, it took me 10 years to, to let loose of the shackles of the past. Yeah, let's start there with the modern witches. We're ready to close this episode. Listen next week, where we will pick up with the modern witches. So, stay tuned at your favorite podcast player. We're all over the place. Um, we've been working hard to get our podcast plastered across all the podcasts. I mean, you can go to Apple. You can go to Google. You can Spotify. go to First Spotify. First Story. First Story. And some of the smaller ones. So, Witchlings, stay tuned. Same brooms. Same broom closet. And have a fantastic week. We bid you hail and farewell. Hail and farewell. Join Desert Jen and Obsidia Musette Sage next time on Crones of the Wild Wasteland as we chronicle the ways of the witches. Care for yourselves and one another. Keep the strengths of the witches close to your heart and spirit. By the powers of the north, west, south, and east, we bid you hail and farewell. <laughs>